Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. clock ran out on us yesterday, Colin, with there we were in the very middle of a very interesting programme talking about the gift of prophecy and you made the point that it's very much for the here and now. And you know, it was still bursting with questions about this gift because uh, I guess you have to be very careful who you allow to prophesy over you. I mean, some people call oh, thus saith the Lord now. Is most, that okay? Most definitely. You have to be very, very careful. Uh, you know, your friend may prophesy things over you that come more from the soul rather than the spirit, because your friend wants to do you good and wants to say good things. Now, remember that um, everything is to be tested, and it's not to be tested by the person who gives the prophecy. You know, some you hear some people say, uh, I have this word from the Lord, and I've really tested it, and I know it's from the Lord. Well, don't listen to that, because the prophet, the one who speaks, does not test his own words. They have to be tested by the leadership of the church. Now, it's very important. Nothing nothing of very much harm or moment can happen if, you know, your friend just prophesies or your, your prayer group or your home group prophesies some particular word over you unless it is a directive word, a word that directs you or gives you promise concerning the future. Always take that prophecy to one of the leadership and say, you know, I, this, is, this was prophesied over me at the group. I'd like you to test it with me to really see if you believe this is of God. Now, the reason why I say that is I've lost count of the number of people whose lives have been ruined by a false word spoken over their lives. What, they've hung on to it? Yes. They come to me and they say, you know, God has, God has said that he's going to use me in such and such and such and such a ministry. And you look at this person and you, perhaps you know a little bit about them or just in talking you can tell a little bit about them and you say, this is, this is off the wall. God would never use a person like that, you see. And you say to this person, uh, how did you receive this word? Oh, well, my friend prophesied it over me, you see. And you can, you can say this person has been living in false expectations perhaps for years because a false word was spoken over his life with the best of intentions. But, you know, I mean, it can uh, take an extreme case. You know, God has said that I'm going to have a really significant uh, ministry in this nation and that thousands are going to come to the Lord through, through my ministry. You see, and here is a person who really doesn't have much of a ministry. They don't do anything. They're in their local church. They don't have any influence. They're not in leadership. They, and, and you just know, well, that was a nice sort of thing to say, but it just doesn't bear any relation to reality. You don't have any sense that, well, okay, you know, God is preparing this person for such a ministry that is going to take place. And, I mean, I use that as an example, but there are many much more subtle things than that. And, and um, you know, you, you just realize, I mean, there are some sad things that happen, like a person can come and say, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm 40 this year, and my friend prophesied that I would be married by the time I was 35. And uh, I, I just feel so distraught because I feel I must have failed God. I must have missed it. Um, perhaps I didn't really respond to the right person at the right time. 
And you see they're, they're going through all these contortions, whereas almost certainly, in fact, well, definitely, the word that they would be married by 35 is wrong because if that was really from God, they would have been married by 35 and nothing in their lives would have been able to prevent that because God doesn't say something will be when it won't be. So you see there are, there are situations like that where people live in false expectations and that's very, very sad. So it's very important that when such predictive words are spoken, that they are tested and tested by the leadership that you know have got a good record of understanding the things of the Spirit. Well, the next gift that indeed is in this list in 1 Corinthians 12 is how to distinguish between spirits. But before we come on to that, Colin, can I just ask you about the gift of prophecy and biblical prophecy? The Bible's full of prophetic books. What's the link? Yes, most of those prophetic books are in the Old Testament. You've got the book of Revelation, which is stands apart in the New Testament. But you see, the Spirit of God came upon those um, particular prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, and Daniel, and so on. Um, and often, of course, they are predicting the future, which is why so many people think that's what prophecy is. But actually, they were speaking into the present-day circumstances of Israel. If you look at those prophecies. They were all talking to the nation about the state of the nation at the time when they were prophesying. But there was also this future element of what God was going to do because the Old Testament looks forward to the New. But the gift of prophecy in the New Testament is different. You see, those prophets just had the Spirit of God coming upon them at various times. They didn't have the Spirit living in them like born-again believers do now. Um, they were living under the old covenant, not the not the new covenant. So, you know, we've got to be careful. There are not Old Testament style prophets today. We need to understand that. There's no Isaiahs and Jeremiahs and Ezekiels today. But when we read those prophets, those prophetic books, what should be our attitude towards them? Well, to understand that God was speaking to the contemporary situation, there is also a way in which we can understand God speaking into our contemporary situation, but we can also understand that there are many prophecies about the coming of the Messiah, the first coming that has already happened, and the second coming that is yet to happen when Jesus returns. So we must understand that there's a great sort of kaleidoscope of meaning in these Old Testament prophecies, but they are scripture. And you see, that is true of all scripture that you can interpret Scripture into your present situation, you can take it personally, you can take it corporately. God is speaking to you, he's speaking to the church, he's speaking about the present, he's also giving promise of what he would do in the future. But first and foremost, you take the Word of God into your present contemporary situation. Time to move on to how to distinguish between spirits. This is a gift. This is being able to discern when either somebody is speaking or the events that are taking place are the result of either the Holy Spirit, the human spirit, or a demonic spirit, a wrong spirit. It is being able to discern, therefore, what spirit lies behind what is being said 
or the events that are taking place. This is perhaps the most difficult of all these gifts to speak about because it's very difficult to actually describe this gift. Um, you just know when you're exercising it. Uh, you, you don't so much listen to the words, but you perceive that behind the words there is another agenda. Some sort of manipulation, you mean? Yeah. So supposing somebody comes out with what is purported to be a prophetic utterance. Now, if the thing is to be weighed and tested, you're having to discern, was that from the Spirit of God? Was that from the person's own soul? Or was that a wrong spirit? Was it a deceiving spirit spoken through that, working through that person at that time? Now, deceiving spirits can, because remember, the devil is the deceiver of the brethren. And sometimes when people have got their own agendas, they want to try to manipulate a situation, then that opens the way for a false spirit to operate through that person. And he will want to disguise himself as a true spirit, make it sound as if it's really coming from the Spirit of God. I can remember very early on in my experience of the gifts of the Spirit, um, at a meeting, we had a visitor, a woman visitor, didn't know her, didn't know anything about her. And, and she um, brought this seemingly prophetic word. And while she was speaking, I thought there's something wrong with this. And I was listening to what she was saying, and everything that she said appeared to be right. And yet my spirit was disturbed. I thought, there's something wrong. And I was sort of standing there because being the leader, I was responsible for this meeting. And I was trying to work out and say, Lord, what is wrong with that? One of the other brethren just said, I challenge that word. It wasn't from the Holy Spirit. And I sort of looked with eyes open. Immediately, the woman began to manifest the presence of a demonic spirit. So, I mean, we were just learning. This was in the very, very early days. We were just learning. And... And uh, so I was picking it up. This other brother picked it up and challenged it. He was also one of the leaders in the church, so it was okay. What happened to the lady? And Oh, well, she got set free. She became a believer and she became part of the church. So, <laughs> you know, in all things, God works together for good. <clears throat> but uh, that, that taught me a big lesson. When you get that sense that the thing is wrong, even though it may sound right, Listen to the Spirit. Now, Wesley called this the witness of the Spirit. He didn't, he didn't talk about these gifts perhaps in the same terminology that we would use today, but he sure manifested them and exercised them. And um, he talked about this being the witness of the Spirit, that the Spirit will bear witness as to whether a thing is right or wrong or just really of the human soul. This is what the person is saying. And there are a lot of words at prayer meetings that actually come from the good intentions of the person rather than being real revelation of the Spirit. Most of those don't do any harm. They don't need to be challenged. It's only when a thing is demonic. If a thing is of a wrong spirit, it needs to be corrected there and then. Otherwise, you put the whole meeting under the influence of a wrong spirit. And that's when everything can begin to go off beam. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 